Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. First of all, Happy New Year and welcome to this new year. And uh, I want to today speak a little about the feast we just celebrated that always seems to be a very good beginning to any new year, and that is the Feast of the Epiphany, often called the Feast of Light, that moment when through the agency of a star, the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ proved to be the light to the nations and to the whole world, extending the gospel beyond the confines of the Israelite covenant and inviting the whole world to join in the praise of God's love through his gift of his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. It is also a feast in which we remember that our call is a universal call. It is God's invitation to the whole of creation that can be restored, brought to new life, rescued from darkness. In the East, this feast day of the Epiphany is celebrated along with the baptism of the Lord and the wedding feast at Cana. All three feasts add, in a sense, the beginning of the public ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ and a demonstration of the revelation of God's glory in the coming of Christ, that he is indeed the light and the hope of the world. But in thinking of the Feast of the Epiphany, I have long been fascinated, really since childhood, with the most exotic figures that appear on that feast, and that is the figures of the Magi. In every creche scene that I have witnessed, the Magi were always gorgeously dressed, coming on exotic animals. And as I matured, I was fascinated more and more by why they came rather than what they wore or what they rode. Why did they move? As I studied the nature of the Magi, I realized that they were from a very elite group within the Persian Empire. They were the intellectuals, the scholars. They particularly were interested in the study of the skies. In fact, having only one scientific instrument, and that was the human eye, they developed very sophisticated theories of the movement of the stars, the appearance of the planets. But their interest, I think, was kindled at heart by a belief that somehow the movement of the skies had a very direct relationship to the reality of human life, to its direction and purpose. And their scanning of the skies was a desire to know the meaning of human life, why we are here and where we are going. And this is why they were all the more startled by the appearance of a new star, which to them meant something so extraordinary since they believed that the heavens and the movement of the stars and the planets was something absolutely fixed. And here, inserted into that reality, was something new. 
And they had a very deep desire to know that which is true, that which will explain the great mystery of our human life and the mystery of our future. So they decided, with the appearance of that star, to move to where it seemed to be leading. They embarked on a very arduous journey. It had many starts and stops, but the journey ended with success. And they realized, both to their astonishment as well as to their deep satisfaction, that the light indicated the appearance of the divine within their own lives, and in fact, in human uh, form, in human reality. It is interesting to note that the journey ended with an offering and with adoration. The offering was symbolic in the three gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but it was an offering of their life. And that act of adoration was an indication that at last, after long seeking, they had found a reality that enlightened their own lives and a reality before which they could bend the knee. And we are told in the Gospel account that after the finding, the discovery of the child Jesus, because they discerned the evil intent of Herod, that they returned home by a different route. Now, I think that means not only a geographical destination, it meant also that they were utterly changed. Now, what I think is so fascinating and so important for us about the story of the Magi is that it reveals something that is very true about every human living in every place. That there is a very deep longing in the human heart placed at the moment of our creation to know the truth and to grasp its meaning. Although at first we may not have had the words to express it, it is a profound longing to return to the Creator who gave us life. And I know that the Gospel tells us that here we have no lasting city. It is a real city, but not a lasting one. That is, there are obligations that we have to the reality of our, our human existence within a particular place in time, a reality that calls us to the sustenance of our lives, to the protection and encouragement of it. But in fact, with that deep desire and longing in our hearts, we also realize that even in the fulfillment of our mundane and this city's obligations, there is a desire and a reality that lies beyond it. And keeping that reality before our eyes and in our hearts, we begin to understand how we can transform 
the obligations of this city in which we live and transcend them so that even in fulfilling rather mundane obligations, we can reveal that in fact they are pointing to a larger reality. And in that discovery, we realize that we live our our lives here by traveling a different route. And I think of the very famous meditation of St. John Henry Newman that many of you may have read. It was a meditation that he wrote when he was considering the direction and future of his own life. And he wrote in that meditation many very beautiful phrases. He tells us, God has not created me for naught. He has created me to do him some definite service. And he said, I may not know it precisely in this life, but it will be revealed to me, if not now, then in the future life but I must be true to it. I must be true to that realization that God placed me here for a particular reason in a particular world. And God will reveal this particular service, he said, if not in this world, then in the next. And he concludes by saying, Therefore, my God, I will put myself without reserve into your hand. In the Feast of the Epiphany, the example of the Magi should awaken all of us to a deeper realization that every single one of us, created with the profound love of God, is placed here for a profound reason. And it is important for us to discover what that reason is, to embrace it. And in fact, John Henry Newman also told us how in fact we prepare ourselves for this task and this service. And he said we can do this by keeping his commandments, learning to listen very carefully, watching for the signs that will tell us, and have a readiness to move. For in doing this, we realize that the end of our journeying here in this world is one of offering of ourselves to the service of God and of adoration. And in those two habits of offering and adoration, we are touched by heaven to which we are invited to live forever. <laughs> 